0: Welcome to the Good Morning Mimosas podcast. I am your host, Cheryl Baer. This episode is about a journey to health. Joining me today is Adrian Umaker, who happens to be the lady who helped me dream up the Good Morning Mimosa podcast name about four years ago when we were driving to Myrtle Beach. If you haven't listened to our introductory episode one, I recommend listening so you can hear a little more details on that. She is, Adrian is a certified weight loss coach who coaches women exclusively online now for over five years. Without further ado, I would like to welcome my friend, my military spouse, sister, and all around fantastic person, Adrian to the podcast. Good morning, love. Good morning, Cheryl.
1: I'm so excited to be here with you.
0: I know. I love it when I get to talk to friends who are states away. Um, <laughs> we used to be stationed together, so I'm treasuring every moment of this. But getting into the podcast content, I heard you have an inspirational quote for us.
1: Yes. Yeah, so the quote that I have is, always strive for perfection because even in your failures, you'll still achieve greatness.
0: And can you tell all the mimosas out here why this is one of your favorite quotes?
1: So, I really like this quote. I think too many people think that when they try something new or they're going after something, it's going to be an easy journey. So, specifically with weight loss, like everybody thinks it's going to be easy, they're going to get to that goal within a couple months, and everything's going to be great. But, you know, along the way, there's so many failures. If you don't, you know, go after those failures. Or if you're not always striving for perfection and you're not trying to do your best, those failures you're not really going to learn anything from. Uh, you're not going to get any lessons taught to. You. So, but if you're always going for perfection and those failures still happen, you're still going to end up with a really great result in the end. So that's why I really love that quote.
0: Let's go ahead and shift to your incredible story. So could we start off, can you give us some background of where you grew up, and we'll take it from there?
1: Sure. So I grew up in, well, all over Chicago, Illinois. So in the city of Chicago, in the suburbs of Chicago, specifically on the south side of Chicago. So it's a little rough on that side. <laughs> um But with that being said, and growing up, I actually grew up in a single family, single parent home. So my parents were divorced. And with that comes a whole lot of learning. I had to become really resourceful and going through life, um, especially if I wanted things. I learned really quickly that I didn't want to ask my mom for help or really anybody for help because I saw my mom doing such a good job of you know, raising both of us and her working and whatnot. I just didn't want to, I saw right away that I didn't want to put that extra stress on her. Um, So with becoming resourceful also came me being very competitive. (laughs) Um, And I learned that again, if I could use those resources and go after what I want, I'm going to get what I want. Um, So I became very competitive growing up and and. You know, it wasn't like anything specific that taught me how to do that. It was just the situation I grew up in. Um, You know, I didn't need to really depend on uh, my mom or my dad for asking them for so much. Really, I didn't even depend on my teachers asking them for anything either. Like I was a very self-sufficient, do-it-myself type of person. And then that transferred into my athletics as well. I was a very competitive athlete growing up, won many awards and whatnot. But again, that quote that I shared earlier is just... I always had that mentality. If I was going to do something, I wanted to be the best at what I was doing. It wasn't so much, oh, I'm just, I'm just here to, to be here. I'm, I'm, if I'm going to be here, I'm going to make sure I'm doing a really great job at it. That was just how I grew up and kind of how I lived my life. Um, I, you know, especially on the South side of Chicago, you got to learn to stand on your own two feet pretty quickly if you're not going to get pushed around.
0: When did you kind of get an inkling or an idea that you wanted to be a teacher?
1: I always knew that I wanted to help people. So when we were little, my sister and I were little, I would I would teach her and my stuffed animals. So I was always in a role of teaching. Um, also, growing up through um, high school and college, I was an athlete in college as well. I was always a captain of some sort. So I was always in that leadership position. Um, And I just kind of knew that teaching or being some type of coach was in my future. And so when it came time to apply for college, that seemed to be the only thing that I was interested in doing post high school. Like I, there was just no other careers out there that interested me or just made sense growing up. Like I just kind of knew who I was at a very early age. um, And I knew I had to be in some capacity where I was going to be in a position of leadership, where I was teaching people and where I was going to be able to coach them as well. Um, it was just something I knew, I guess, not there. Again, it wasn't like a specific situation that I was like, oh, this is what I'm meant to do.
0: <laughs> and then talking about, you know, becoming a teacher, was mm-hmm. there a specific type of teacher that you had in mind or grade level um, or group of children, per se, that you wanted to teach? Yeah. Did that so- iron out? <laughs> So I knew if I was like, okay,
1: I'm going to be a teacher. I'm only teaching high school kids. There was no way I was about to be an elementary school teacher, like nothing bad against elementary school teachers. They're great. That's where they're learning their fundamentals. I just couldn't do it. Like I personally, and this is going to sound, I don't know how bad this might sound, but like I just didn't have at the time patience for small children. Like I just, my patience level was very thin. And again, I think it's because of how I grew up. Like if we're not, if we're not here getting it, like, come on, what's going on? Um, So I just knew high school kids was where I wanted to be. And they're just really fun because you can have real honest conversations with them. It's like you're with adults um, almost and you you get to see them developing through a whole different time frame. Um, and I wanted to give them that same type of role model that I did have. Um, I didn't really have any teachers where I was like, oh, I wanna be a teacher, like you're the reason I'm a teacher. Um, but I had some really amazing teachers um, going through school who really made me enjoy being at school. Um, so I wanted to be something like that for high school kids as well.
0: Did you <laughs> did you teach um, any particular subjects or was it yep. kind of a gambit or how does that work?
1: Well, that's really interesting. So my degree is in English education and so typically people with that degree are teaching English classes. So your literature, your writing, um, classes like that. Uh, But when I first, my first position when I was teaching on the south side of Chicago, I was a post-secondary education teacher. What that meant was I was to get the reading and writing of these students prepared for post-secondary ed, so get them ready for college. What they didn't tell me with that is, that most of these seniors that I was teaching, again, I'm on the south side of Chicago and in an inner city school, most of them barely had fourth and fifth grade reading and writing levels. So my job was actually to try to get them as far up into 12th grade as I possibly could. I was supposed to be teaching like Huck Finn and Tom Sawyer. <laughs> <laughs> Instead, I'm teaching... 17 and 18 year old kids how to read and write better. So that was that threw me for a loop a little bit.
0: Could you also talk a little bit more about the school environment and maybe how that shaped your future in some way in terms of longevity, maybe as a teacher?
1: Yeah, so like I said a little bit ago, it was extremely stressful. And so this all starts it it That's why the story is so interesting because it all plays together. The environment I was teaching in was a high-stress environment. The school itself was in an inner city part of Chicago, heavy gang territory, um, which is interesting. The school that I worked in was absolutely beautiful. It looked like this old castle. It was gorgeous. Beautiful school. And it was put it was in the middle of this area that once wasn't like that. So it's really interesting the history and how that neighborhood changed and a little bit more about just the neighborhood, Um, a, a student died there. Um, the year before I got there, right outside the front building, or right outside the front door of the school. So, like when I say a high stress environment, I mean extremely high stress uh, environment. Um, the school itself; every single person had to walk through a metal detector at the beginning of the day. Um, they walked through the on the one where you just walk under, and then um, a lot of individuals were then hand like they were they used the wand on the individuals as well, and that would happen to everybody so i don't I don't think a lot of people can even imagine putting their child in a situation like that, but for these kids, that was normal like oh, this is what we do like they didn't they didn't know any different. they might have even thought every school was like that i I actually don't even think I've ever asked them but So that was their normal. I had my, my classroom was on the first floor. So we had the wire or the metal cages on the windows so that, if somebody did break the glass from the outside or the inside, I guess they couldn't, nobody could get in or out. Just that alone is a stressful situation. Like think about how stressed you get just going through airport
0: security. (laughs) Now (laughs) I was just thinking like, you know, people getting through TSA, they get so stressed out and this is essentially pretty close to the same thing every day. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And then this is every day for These kids and the staff. They try to hire teachers with really good attitudes and upbeat and whatnot because, you know, they're trying to make this place enjoyable for these kids to be at who, you know, that might. Be the best eight hours of their entire day is being at school, which is true for a majority of these kids. So even though it is a stressful environment, we had to basically not let that affect anything else in our day, like our teaching, how we felt, any of it, um, because we had to be the light of the day for those kids which is fine. But, you know, after months and months of this happening, and then just different situations with the students along the way, like just being in that for months really starts affecting how you live your life. This kind of goes into the next part a little bit, but with all that stress that was happening, I started eating really poorly. I started turning to other things like alcohol to feel good. It just wasn't something that I could see myself doing until I was 65 years old. I was like, there's just no way people can do this for that long so um so then towards the end of the school year when this was all really building up I started really reconsidering my teaching career because it was that stressful for me to be to be doing that and I I realized oh this isn't very healthy either (laughs) so um yeah that kind of goes into the next part though but I'll I'll wait to share that
0: Well, and talking about how it changes, you know, your habits, would you say, you know, you mentioned about, you know, you kind of started drinking a little bit more, started eating unhealthy. Would you say that it just kind of everything felt so stressful in the moment that you almost wanted to make just comfort-based decisions? It's kind of a
1: twofold thing. Um, I would say it's like making those comfort-based decisions, But also I just didn't know either, if that makes sense. So when I got there, like, and like I said earlier, I was an athlete in college. So I had people making those decisions for me for the most part. Like we were, you know, we had access to nutritionists and the, the personal trainers and whatnot. Like we had, we were, I was an athlete, so we had access to all that. And they, really guided us on what to eat and whatnot so I didn't really know I was up until that point I was kind of told what to do and like even prior to that live in high school your parents kind of are telling you what to eat and they kind of dictate your diet for the most part um, when you're living at home like that so I this was really my first time trying to make these decisions for myself and I just didn't I didn't know like I thought the uh, venti tea lattes with the sugar that they, the liquid sugar they use was healthy at Starbucks. Like, I didn't know. <laughs> and I would get skim milk because that wasn't whole milk. <laughs> like, I literally did not know. Like, I was eating at Subway every day and McDonald's in the morning drive through. I would get the egg white McGriddle because egg whites are healthier, right? But totally not thinking about everything else that's in the So, for like, so yes, a lot of it was convenience and comfort, but at the same time, I just didn't know either like what is and isn't healthy. I was going based off of what the rest of America thinks is healthy because I didn't know. A lot of eating like that just really puts a lot of stress on the body, as most people know that.
0: So, as this is happening, so kind of fast forwarding a little bit. So you're teaching at this school, you know, it's the stress levels are building your health and maybe healthy choices are declining. Did you have a moment where it hit you that I need to make a change?
1: Yes, I did. I was actually out with my uh, two of my girlfriends from the school that I worked at and we were on our way home and she got quite sick on the way home after our night out in The vehicle in the cab that we were in. And I just felt so embarrassed for her that it woke me up to the point where i was like what am i doing right now like i just it, it was literally that moment and i and it's really terrible that it was for somebody else that that hit me but like i was literally just thinking like what is going on right now i had almost like an out of body experience to where i was like i need to change what i'm doing cuz this is not okay literally the next day, um, I didn't feel well myself either. (laughs) But after I recovered from that, I knew I was like, okay, I this some, something's got to change. And that's when I really started learning about what to eat, to be healthy, working out better, um, to be healthy. And that's really how that started uh, changing the next my next career choice for myself.
0: So you had this moment of change, but you were still in your teaching contract and everything. What were kind of the next steps or phases that took you along mm-hmm. to make a big switch?
1: I didn't start educating myself too much as far as weightlifting goes, because that's really what I teach women now. Um, I just started running because again, at the time, I I didn't know. Um, and I enjoy running. I'm somebody who enjoys running also. Um, so I would start I started eating what I thought was better than what I was eating. Um, so I was doing more salads and vegetables and whatnot. And I, I started running. And uh, so that's what I did while I finished out the contract in the school. And I got really good at it. Like I said, if I'm gonna do something, I wanna make sure I do it well. I ended up running about 16 miles and it was no problem. Like I was like, oh, today's 16 miles cool. (laughs) So, and that, and you know, that took me months and months of training to do. Um, and I had, and I was running half marathons along the way. I wanted to run the Chicago marathon. Um, you know, I really committed to, to running and that's how I really started getting, into being healthy and watching what I was eating and whatnot, um, but along the way, like I thought, like teaching was the only thing, so I ended up getting um, another teaching position in another school because um, I ended up teaching for four years um, while this was all going on and me making this transition in, into being healthy and realizing, oh, I don't definitely don't want to teach anymore. Along the way, also when I got into running, towards the end of it, I was like, well what else can I do to make myself better at running? And this is when I started really getting into weightlifting. I'm like, oh, well, if I can have more muscle, I'll feel stronger and I'll be able to run further. And my theories worked. I And I wasn't working with a trainer or anything at this. I was just going off of my own research and whatnot. Um, and my theories worked with that. And uh, my, my sister decided that we should do a fitness competition together. And I had no idea what this was at the time. And this was when it was before it just started getting really popular. So I signed up for this fitness competition and my sister bamboozled me and she did not sign up for the (laughs) fitness competition.
0: You're not not holding on to that or remembering that one at all. (laughs) No, and
1: mind you, this was back in like 2013, so... I still remember vividly what happened. (laughs) Uh, Anyways, for a fitness competition, the division I did was bikini bodybuilding, but um, on a much smaller scale, I'll say that. All the fitness models on Instagram, when you see them, they're and they like, they look perfect. That's essentially the body you're achieving to get like that look of perfection. And I was like, Oh, that looks like a challenge. I want to do that again. Here I go with the competitive mindset and the, (laughs) Oh, well I want to do that. And I'm going to make sure I'm the best at it. And I was doing all of this while I was teaching. (laughs) So um, it was crazy, but it was really awesome because Um, one of the schools I actually worked at was a junior high. And when you're training for these fitness competitions, you have to drink a gallon or more of water a day. So I'd have my gallon at work with me on my desk. And the the kids started bringing in their own, their own water, like gallons of water to my classroom. It was the cutest thing, but it made me feel so good. Like, oh my gosh, they're mimicking what I'm doing. I really am a role model for these kids. And if I was going to be a role model, I'm happy that I was, when I was healthy and like eating, right? And drinking water rather than what I was doing before.
0: Tell me a little bit, because I'm sitting here thinking, okay, you're teaching full-time, mm-hmm. you're running, you're doing this fitness competition. What did a like day look like for you?
1: So I was up at 5 or 5.30, and at that time, I was somebody who had to look put together. If you saw me right now, you would be like, what, what? (laughs) So I I
0: think I think all of us have scaled back our... our Our looks. Yeah, since 2020. I think we've just (laughs) gotten a little more real, a little more grounded, a little less yeah. polished yeah but
1: I so that I thoroughly enjoyed being put together so it was like you know my days are at 5 five thirty getting up doing that and then once I was finished getting ready I'd have my protein shake and off to work I went mind you when I went to work I had my perfectly portioned meals as well because I'm getting ready for this um, fitness competition so I had like two or three meals with me that were meal prepped as well and I would eat those throughout the day and then I'd get home I'd eat again um, and then I'd head off to the gym for my two-hour training session again mind you I was a teacher so I didn't leave work at 3 30 when the day is over I'm not leaving there till like 5 5 30 like most teachers like like your job's not done when the bell rings your your job keeps on going so then once I would get home I'd be at the gym maybe like 5 30 6 p.m. maybe 6 30 depending on the day and then I'd work out for two hours and then I'd go home grade papers Um, but every day it was I probably didn't go to bed till like 10 11 o'clock every night so from 5 to 11 there was something needing to happen whether it was me focusing on kids for eight hours or me focusing on eating for this competition and training for it that I was doing. So, I mean, it was a lot, um, but my days were very scheduled and rigid. And I, I, I personally enjoy structure like that. It makes me feel calm knowing what my next thing is going to happen. So, I mean, I remember being very busy and um, some of those days though, Uh, when you're meal prepping, and this is just a normal life hack for people. If you're meal prepping and you're trying to lose weight and everyone's saying, oh, meal prep, meal prep, meal prep. Yes, I believe in that. Um, But don't meal prep like on a Sunday for the whole week because that food is not going to be good by the time Wednesday and Thursday rolls around. It's just going to be soggy and gross. Just meal. So I would take two days out of the week to meal prep Sundays and Wednesdays. So I would have Sundays um, for my Monday and Tuesday food. And then Wednesdays I'd meal prep at night after I got home and worked out mind you <laughs> for my Thursdays and Friday or Wednesday, Thursday, Fridays. So that's what I did. Um, and it just makes life easier. Is it more? Yeah, but I'd rather eat more fresh food than
0: meal, meal prep, prep so far in advance. <laughs> yeah. Um, so get us to the competition. So you're doing a 5 a.m. to 11 p.m. day for how long? Months, weeks,
1: months at this point. At least that whole school year. So school year starts in August, um, and at this point, my competition was in June, mind you. I think I trained for four months for that. So four months prior to March, April, I started. I started that while teaching kids. <laughs> so it was a lot it was a lot
0: and then how did the
1: competition go very well um (laughs) so much so that I mean I I felt so awkward because I'm wearing this super small bikini and it had sparkles all over it and I don't know if you can tell just from how I'm talking I'm not a sparkle person Not only did my suit have sparkles all over it, but I was wearing clear high heels too. So,
0: so it was a, it
1: was a whole ensemble. That is, oh, yeah, yeah. The only part character. I was comfortable with was my hair and makeup being done. That was it, and the tan. Oh my gosh, I was so tan, and it's all fake tan too. And it's like five coats of a dark brown spray tan. So it's quite the experience. So if, I mean, if anybody's listening and you ever had an inkling to try one of those, I say do it just so you can say you did it. Is it easy? No, but it's definitely something that you will not forget. So.
0: (laughs) So when you got done, you did really well. Yes, I did. I actually
1: earned, I earned a, a pro card. So not only am I now a fitness competitor, I'm a professional. (laughs)
0: Did that kind of trigger you to, hey, maybe I can do something more on the fitness side than what I'm currently doing?
1: Yeah, so actually, um, during all that, I really fell in love with the process of getting in shape. uh, And I learned a lot through the past few months at this point, at that point, becoming healthy and eating right and working out that has been going on for um, at least two years. Um, but really diving in to the more detailed aspects of it happened over those past few months. And I really fell in love with the process of it. For me, it was It was definitely challenging, especially going to an extreme like that, but it was something that made me feel confident, fulfilled, something like that. And so that's what I started doing. And with that started, uh, you know, and that's when people really started posting on Facebook with their pictures, like, look what I did. And so I did that. Um, And with that started coming people asking me like, oh, can you train me? And at the time, I was like, absolutely not. We'll not do that for you. I have no certifications. Um, I hired someone to train me to do this. Like, <laughs> I was referring so much business to my trainer. <laughs> so, um, you know, I because I didn't know, and nor did I really have the confidence to do something like that because... I went to school to be a teacher, like that's what I'm supposed to do. So I was also having this inner battle of, well, this is something I'm really passionate about, but I went to school to do this. What do I do? So that was something that I was dealing with as well. Um, You know, and it's not, I was, I wasn't like crying in my bed at night, but (laughs) (laughs) you know, when somebody asks you something that you're really passionate about, you can talk all day on it um, and about it. Uh, But then somebody would ask me about teaching. I was like, oh, it's okay. (laughs) I go. (laughs) Inspiring the lives of the youngins.
0: (laughs) So. So with all of, you know, you were referring business and then it just kind of dawned that, okay, this is something that I need to do. So you went to get some certifications.
1: Yeah. So in the process of, um, so at the same time, I'm still teaching, mind you. um, I really did not enjoy teaching. And, And once again, I was, it was a junior high I was in, but it was still a stressful junior high. The kids were, you know, there was fights every day. My administration made our jobs very difficult. There was just a lot of drama throughout the staff. So I didn't enjoy what I was, I did not enjoy what I was doing at all either. I was like searching for something else. Um, so along the way I was like, okay, well, I really do like fitness. I'm going to get my certification. So I got my personal training certification. Um, and I started taking on clients again and I was charging them. Like I had no idea what to charge people. I was, I think I was charging them like $10 or something (laughs) to do this work when really it, I've changed that since, but um, I t- you know, I didn't know. Um, I, you know. I started training some people for free as well, just so I could get used to it and get their feedback and whatnot. In doing that, I realized like, yes, this is what I wanna do. This is how I wanna teach and coach people in something that I feel is really gonna benefit and change their life rather than um, being in a school. And I think with the school environment as well, I, it made it easy for me to be like, okay, I'm, I'm not, I'm not teaching anymore. This isn't for me. So, um, and that's how I was like, okay, I got to make sure I can sustain myself training clients as a personal trainer. So and that's what I did once again, with my striving to make sure I'm the best at it and making sure I'm going to be able to Uh, live off of that choice. So, and, and I did, and here I am (laughs) five years later.
0: That's awesome. So talking about your business, if you, I know you said in the beginning, you kind of had to figure out some things like Mm -hmm. maybe getting paid more than $10. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So talk to us a little bit about what it grew from to where you're kind of at now with your business or where Mm -hmm. it's going.
1: Sure. So I, it's, I started with one-on-one coaching. um, And a lot of people, when they start businesses, they'll tell you start with one-on-one coaching and like, because that's supposed to be the high ticket platform and whatnot. Um, And, and I did that. I did that for years, actually, up until two years ago, I was doing one-on-one coaching and it's really nice and whatnot. And you can give that, that individual, your undivided attention. Also with that, even when I first started, I was like, I don't, I want to do something else. Like I want to have more of an impact doing this. I spent a lot of money and time investing into this business and it was hard. It wasn't, I don't want to give anybody the impression like, oh, I made a career change and that was it. (laughs) Um, It was very difficult to make that career change. And then like I mentioned how I was battling before with, oh, I don't have the confidence to do this. And I'm supposed to be a teacher. Once I made that switch, then I was battling with, oh no, did I make the right choice in doing this? Because there were times where I was like, oh my gosh, how am I going to pay the bills? Because I made this career choice or career change. Um, So it it was really hard and Um, I had to invest a lot of my money to make the money back along with that. I started with one-on-one coaching, um, and it was nice and everything. I enjoyed doing it and, uh, but I really wanted to coach in group settings. And so that's what I evolved to. And it took me actually a few years to do that.
0: So you're doing more group, um, now and then Mm -hmm. do you have a membership program or something planned for the future or what's coming yep. down the pipeline for you. So
1: I just finished my last group coaching program and this summer I'm gonna be launching my membership program. So I'm really excited. I'm working, so I right now I don't, I'm not taking any new clients cause I'm trying to put all my time and effort into creating my membership program. Um, and that's going to be, I'm still working out the details on as far as pricing goes, but I did some market research the past few weeks and it looks like it's gonna be anywhere from 10 to $20 um, a month. Uh, for the membership and it's going to be new workouts every week there's going to be workouts for you to choose from for each day and i'm going to set it up for individuals to actually follow a plan Um, that's going to get them a result rather than random workouts every single day, if that makes sense. Like it's going to be set up from week to week to where it's supposed to be followed. And it's a plan that you can build off of. Um, And that'll be a monthly membership. And then uh, the plan is to also have a VIP option where you can get some one-on-one attention from me and um, specific help like that. So yeah, I mix, I'm really excited about it. It's been something I've been wanting to do for a really long time. But hopefully in June I'll be able to start taking individuals for the for the monthly membership. <laughs>
0: Well, Adrian, it has been so great spending the morning with you and, you know, getting to see you taking the initiative from a kind of unhealthy, but planned lifestyle in terms <laughs> yeah. of what you thought you were going to do. And then, you know, making the decision and really taking this journey to your health and in the process, being able to help so many others. But before we sign off today, um, do you have any healthy tips that you would like to give mimosas out there?
1: Yes, I do. So the first one is becoming self-aware. I think that that's really important, especially if you're somebody who's been thinking about making a change. I think you really have to think about um, who you are and what that would look like for you. Um, And that's going to really help guide you in making any sort of changes that you want to make. But self-awareness is one of the top things, I think, even for mental health, it's going to really help you in guiding your decisions, um, whether it's through transformation, uh, weight loss transformation, or just in life in general, having that self-awareness is going to help you a lot in your
0: decision-making. I think it's great that you bring that up as your first tip because the next episode is actually a part of a, four-piece transition series, and it is about intention and awareness. So stay tuned for the next episode.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's perfect. I'm sure you're going to talk a lot about self-awareness too.
0: What is your second tip you have for us?
1: The second one I have is, it doesn't matter if you're a busy mom with three kids or you're a single individual with a lot of time to yourself, find at least 10 minutes to yourself. Um, And that is no TV, no social media. It can be you in a book. It can be you just walking out in nature. It could be you just sitting and enjoying the sun for 10 minutes. But try to find at least 10 quiet minutes to yourself to reflect on whatever it is you want to reflect on, maybe find that self-awareness awareness or just sit and be calm. And that 10 minutes is really going to help lower stress levels in your in your daily life as well.
0: And then what is your third and final tip for us?
1: My third tip is keep everything simple. I think making things more simple is going to help you see results in whatever it is you're doing. So let's take weight loss, for example. If you're trying to do all these things like work out and eat right and put all of that at the forefront of your efforts, it's going to become very overwhelming and you're going to become discouraged very quickly. So keep it simple. If you're somebody who's just starting out, start with just a one glass of water in the morning, or just change out one meal in your day that you can make a healthier choice on. Just keep it simple, and then slowly grow on that. Um, that's going to keep you from getting overwhelmed, and it's going to help you see a better, or it's going to help you stay consistent. And then, um, you know, along the way, you're going to be able to have a longer, more sustainable result as well.
0: Well, Adrian, thank you so much for spending your morning with us. For all the mimosas out there, I'm going to go ahead and circle back to Adrian's quote of the day, which is always strive for perfection because even in your failures, you'll still achieve greatness. And mimosas out there, if you have strived for a goal or maybe an ideal of perfection, but had a failure of some kind that ended up in achieving something great you maybe never even thought of, it took you in some fabulous direction you otherwise wouldn't have gotten to or you wouldn't have seen, uh, please go ahead and share it with us. You can share it on Instagram at Good Morning Mimosas on our website, thebravebear.com, or shoot us an email at podcast at gmail.com. You literally never know what a like or share will do, so please feel free to share this with your friends, family, or anyone else who could use a spark of joy on Wednesday mornings. Until next time, stay safe, stay healthy. Cheers, Mimosas.